Hello. Hello. Hey everybody, welcome back to Industry Tactics. Friendly Rich here. Um sad to sad to hear yesterday the news that um Bernard Pierce, uh, episode 96 on this podcast, and just a gem of a human being who I've known, I guess, over the last 20 plus years, you know, of just uh, doing the weirdo music thing. And Bernard and I connected in so many ways. He came and played the Brampton Indie Arts Festival many moons ago when I was running that. Came and played my hometown. We actually get into it in that episode 96 if you want to listen back. Bernard was a, an incredibly generous human. And um, over the years, he gave me much more than just that bicycle he he gave me in 2018 when I was visiting. And um, he writes the most beautiful poetry. And I was really excited to read that he had gotten a book deal. And... Um, Anyway, Bernard, I love everything that you represent and your legacy will live on, my friend. Just want to um, wish his family and all of his friends who are grieving right now, um, let them know that um, I'm thinking of them. And um, yeah, just sad to see you go, Bernard. Um, Sticking with this New Orleanian theme that's been going on as of late on the podcast, today I get to chat with um, the multi-instrumentalist, and and wizard of a human uh aurora neeland we really dig into her um 2017 release the monocle which i've been digging and um it was a real treat to get into her head in terms of where she's going as an artist and how how she created that that brilliant piece of work if you haven't checked it out you go to auroraneeland.com to check out more about the monocle this is episode number 149 stay safe safe everybody and I uh, hope you're all doing well. This is my chat with none other than Aurora Neeland. tactics thank you thanks for having me rich late night late night edition here we're yeah. we're uh what what are you you said it's after a gig for you eh uh, that's right i just finished a duo gig with a pianist tom mcdermott that's fun that ended at like 10 30 and then you always got to talk to people and then you got to bike home so yeah yeah the the decompression after a gig yeah you always got to talk to people, eh? Um, on that <laughs> on that gig, I kind of described that gig like a weird David Lynch lounge gig. Like sometimes it's lovely, and sometimes you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm trapped here, and I'm never going to huh. get out. This is my life." Oh wow, wow, that's fun. there's always people that want to talk to you. Hey, yeah, I mean, uh, I was one of those people. I remember when I visited New Orleans in twenty, I think it was. Jesus, it's already twenty eighteen. Time flies when you're not wow. having fun. Yeah, it's, that's for true. Uh, that, there's a statement. But um, I remember you were very, very warm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice to meet you after, uh, in between sets. I think Paul uh, Thibodeau introduced us. Oh, okay. And I was really just, uh, oh, man, I'm blown away by by. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I was just checking out music every night and Every other night, I was noticing you on the stage in in different configurations, you know. So that's small you, town. <laughs> yeah, it's a small town. It, it definitely seemed, and um, yeah. you're playing a lot, eh? It's it, like in a week. What's your what's your musical diet look like? Like a typical week, or 
I don't know. Yeah. Let's say a typical week. Yeah. Cause you've Um, been doing some other fun stuff lately, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think there is a typical (laughs) anymore. I mean, particularly like, like I would say that as a blanket statement, generally there's not a particular, particular, um, but even particularly not a particular typical thing post COVID. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. And that's fat. That's, some of that is nice. I used to play pre-COVID mm-hmm. more weekly gigs, mm-hmm. more like mm-hmm. regular. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not doing that so much. Some some of which are just like, they didn't come back, but also mm. I'm just trying to move towards, you know, doing things where I continue to learn lessons or feel challenged or have a good time with friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's a real value in playing weekly gigs, but there's also, um, you know, like, like everything in life, it's a double-edged sword. So there's much less typicalness going on now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And how do you, how do you find you try to push yourself to keep growing and and learning and learning those lessons? Um, how do you find? Yeah. I think you you have like a, a lovely steady cycle of, meltdown and <laughs> rebuild <laughs> you know that resonates that old, yeah that yeah. old tune of just like oh i have a great idea mm-hmm. i'm gonna do this new project and then you don't and you don't because you don't make time for it and then yeah. your great idea wilts like a dying flower and then you're like yeah. i'm a piece of shit like why do i think i'm good at anything and then you're like oh wait but i have a great idea like I'm yeah. a genius, and then it, you know, that kind of wilting growth, the lovely yeah. composition decomposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so, and some people I think don't, you know, I I know some musicians here in New Orleans that I would say are like content. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people I can think of in particular, and it it actually drives me bonkers. Like they're content <laughs> to play the same music the same repertoire the same songs year after mm-hmm. year after year okay same gigs and kind of like fluff up in the same places and there's a piece that about that that drives me like absolutely batshit crazy mm-hmm. and there's also a piece where i find it very admirable the the, the particular people i'm thinking of they're like mm-hmm. nice people they're mm-hmm. just sort of like content to play music in that way and have that experience every time you know yeah and I'm just seem to not be. <laughs> That's not you. That's yeah. not you. Yeah. I yeah. don't like, I'm, I'm not going to be for right now. Like I don't really feel a yeah. happiness or a groundedness in um, doing the same thing. And not yeah. Happy. Yeah. That, that there was a, this label I used to work with in Germany and I forget the, I honestly, I forget the quote, but it was something to the effect of, this guy had a theory of like two different types of artists. One that are searchers. He said uh, it in the German accent, the searchers and believers. <laughs> I think that's, that was it. Finally, the quote came back to me. Wow, I love this. You have your searchers and your believers. So your believers are the people that you're talking about content doing that thing and doing it. Just they seem okay in that kind of hamster wheel of it all. Yeah. And, then, and then he was kind of saying calling me a searcher saying like you're you're always just changing styles or approaches and you're never really settling down in a thing yeah i thought that that was kind of interesting you see yourself a little bit more that way then eh at least for now i yeah i do i mean i would also say like i kind of crave settling down yeah right something anything you know but i just haven't um yeah experienced it being grounding yet but i keep well, thinking that there will be a time when i'm like oh but right. i'll settle into like yeah a practice or like a, right. you know a certain right. project that i'm really yeah you know yeah like what is wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it i get yeah. you know what initially i misunderstood you and i just thought you were mad at people who were content <laughs> I, I mean like in that way you're like why how come i don't feel that oh yeah you know? yeah but, sure but not sure. really no it's just yeah um, they're content in the music they're making yes, or, or yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah that yes. okay um 
Speaking of, let's just get right to it. I'm going to cut to some of your music, um, and I'll splice it in from your, it came out in 2000, in 2017, the monocle. Yes. This is a thing of beauty. Let's play whistleblower to get us started. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, that was whistleblower. What a what a thing you did there, eh? That's this is all you. Yes. This record, holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please tell me everything I need to know about the monocle. <laughs> um, the monocle is a project of my original music that, um, mm-hmm. or original songs, or kind of original small performance sound word pieces mm-hmm. um, that I was kind of performing around town. I, I used to think of it as like a little, it's like the little bird cage project that sits inside your heart and there's you know a little bird that nice. lives in there and you you just let it out once in a while nice they're you know i used to describe the project as like oh it's not party music it's like feelings music okay songs about like yeah. feelings and furniture and bureaucracy <laughs> and um amazing and so i when i went to make this album I had just been playing the songs myself solo. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. I think a couple I had like orchestrated with like some friend, you know, I had brought in some friends, mm-hmm. but um, not very much. So I went to make the album and I kind of ha- just had the basic songs and I kept being like, okay, but I hear this other thing. Can I record one more harmony? Mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. my um, friend, Don Godwin, who I was working with, who's the recording engineer, was really lovely of kind of letting me be like, okay, let me try one more thing. I'm going to bang on these Mm -hmm. metal stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the album, there's actually kind of like two little, you can kind of hear stylistically, there's two different phases that I, Mm -hmm. two different periods that I recorded like chunks of like five or six songs in one phase and five in the other phase. Mm -hmm. And the second phase, you can definitely hear, I was thinking more about like, I'm going to write this song that clearly I'll never be able to play on my own but I have all the layers in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you, did you do some of it in, in New York or did I dream that? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, the first, the first chunk I did, um, I think it was called Caesar's studio with Don Godwin. Okay. Uh, it was in South, South slope, South park slope was mm-hmm. where this little studio in a, in a kind of tall basement was. So yeah, I think I recorded five in New York and then a couple over. It took a while. It was like probably two years that I was like, oh, I'll go in the studio and record some things. And then and then you you also bring it to life as a stage show after, right? Yes, I did two large projects with that music, which is one I think was 2017, I believe. Okay. Um, that was... The project was, uh, you know, backwards engineered for eight live musicians. Oh, wow. Eight dancers. My f- um, friend Shannon Stewart, who's a great choreographer, did mm-hmm. a whole hour's worth of choreography to it. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And we presented it in this site-specific place in New Orleans called the Music Box Village. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's... I, I um, Yeah. Did you go just ahead? interviewed uh, Jay. It's, it's not oh, out cool. yet. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I, that's what that's what it brought me to New Orleans. I was researching that space. So oh. you you did it there. You did the monocle there. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, I did the monocle with you know with these. It was eight musicians spread Whoa. out in that space, um, and then eight dancers. And um, so oh, that... yeah, we we did a full sh- show there because okay. I'm really interested in the I don't know like the presentation and the and theater as a medium of sound and music yeah and then from that i got a commission from the contemporary art center to develop a different show that was inside this 80 foot warehouse space that um i worked in collaboration with a theater company called goat in the road okay yeah and that was um just for four uh female non-binary artists so myself and three others amazing and um a lot of like video projection set you know kind of describe yeah. it like live it was like a series of live music videos almost but there's oh yeah cool kind of yeah. thematic thing that runs through it but um gentle listeners speaking of you can go to aurora to check out there's some video footage of that um 
that second production of the show. So um, it's really evolved into something special, hey? Yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really like the work I would love to be doing more. It's It's been great to like be able to present your own music in a professional space, you yeah, know, yeah, with some yeah. infrastructure and with the time to develop it into yeah. something larger with, with these collaborators that I am really so fortunate to work with, you know. That's the key, eh? It's like it's yeah. you, you created this really beautiful recording and these 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 wonderful songs and then seeing it kind of develop into something completely different. It has an afterlife. It's it I, I love that. I love that yeah. concept. But hard to do, right? Like it is Yeah, for sure. It's a big challenge for sure. And and that and that brings in just more I don't know, a bigger team around you and um yeah, it's nice to see that. Uh, so that's 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 the sweet spot to be, I think, right? It, as, for a uh, for a searcher like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, what's nice about it is like you get outside of yourself. After, you know, mm-hmm. especially with solo projects where you're like, this is that album's going to be the closest anyone's going to get to like hearing what life sounds like in my own brain because oh, wow. it's just me on top of me on top of me. You know? Yeah, I, w- I was. I was kind of, that took me by surprise. I had to like triple check that. It's like, holy shit, you're playing everything. That's- yeah, which I wouldn't do again. I think it was just necessity, you know? Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, but it's it, it yielded something interesting in some ways because it's like. Oh, my I, God. I don't actually play the drums. And so a yeah. lot of those drum parts are like three of me, being, one, one, one of me being like, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And the yeah. other of me being like, whack, whack, whack. Whack, right. whack, 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 you know? Right, okay, okay. I handed it to, like, a, a real drummer. I think that part for well, Whistleblower, actually, the drum right. part for Whistleblower, I, I, like, gave it to a real drummer, and he was like, how do how do I play this, you know? Right, I mean, right. which he, he figured out eventually, but... Yeah, 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 that's but, uh, amazing. What I, I was going to say is, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. working with, like, collaborators who are wonderful, what happens is you... You give over your work to other. That's it. People, and it, yeah, and it, yeah. You know, develops in depth and in ways that you couldn't yourself. Uh, so what a great statement. That's the that's the nugget right there. I think we are, I think we just got it. <laughs> we, we can end early, even Print. though we even though we started late. We can end early. Great. We, we got the wisdom from an Aurora Neeland. Um. So where where did you? Uh, I want to know kind of like how you became you as an artist. Did you 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 start out did you grow up in new orleans no no i grew up in um a small town in northern california called moss beach which is near half moon bay which is also a small town okay um but the larger small town yeah um on the coast it's right on it's south of san francisco about 35 40 miles on highway one so i grew Mm -hmm. up there and then i grew up in uh really rural colorado in the rocky mountains Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, kind did of you come life. to music pretty early in in life, or how did how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows <laughs> how anyone comes to music? Um, yeah. No, right. My, right. My I'm the youngest of five kids. My parents. Oh wow. Um, were you know my parents were East Coast kids that moved to San Francisco separately mm-hmm. in the nineteen late nineteen sixties and met each other there. Um, my father used to be in rock bands, although by the time I was born, he wasn't anymore, but, you know, certainly like very musical Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. house. My mother plays piano, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. although never, never performs, like doesn't even like play really in front of us if you ask her, but you know, there's, um, there's certainly a lot of like instruments, Mm-hmm. old you know hand-me-down instruments and set and if you're in a family of four kids or five kids it's like you're always competing for sound did space. you say did you say handmade your own instrument no hand-me-down instruments oh that's that's better, that's better. yeah okay. no not hand mm-hmm. i mean like, yeah so so in other words you grew up in the music box village that's um, not yeah that sounds about right i didn't yeah, we didn't have yeah. lessons you know it was okay um, I think my yeah. older sisters had had lessons, but by the time I came around, it was just like chaos land. So yeah, nice. Um, are, there was are, always 
Exactly. Are they still are they still musical like your siblings? Not no, not so much. Um, okay. okay. They are very artistic people. Okay. Okay. Everyone, everyone's some some weird other form of struggling artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The v- variation on a theme, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, yeah. I I don't even. I, pardon me, but I think you're you're a you're a woodwind player. I don't even want to put you in a box. I mean, given the monocle, it's I don't even know what your main instrument is. It's not drums. We'll just say that, I guess. But, <laughs> but it seems like it's it's everything else. It's accordion. It's a uh, clarinet. It's you you do a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that I'm most facile on mm-hmm. is uh, uh, is woodwinds. Yeah. Which is slightly ironic because I also just don't that much i think i'm not supposed to say that for my career don't tell anyone no um, we won't we won't i um uh but it is the thing i'm most facile about i'm not particularly yeah. interested in being like the mm-hmm. best saxophonist or yeah 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 hot, hot shit this because it, it just doesn't interest me that much i'm really mm-hmm. more interested in like how do i be the best aurora newland yeah you know, there, I'm not a particularly great accordion player. I I play it because it's like useful hmm. and lets me, you know, play with other people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And someday I'll, you know, I think when I'm 80, maybe I'll like be oh decent. You know, it's that jack of all trades sort of thing. Okay, okay. Um, and did 80, you? Maybe did I'll you... be okay at, at a couple of things. Who who what was your music education like? I went to, I was in public school band in California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty um, rudimentary. And then I went to Oberlin college, which is a college in Ohio um, mm-hmm. that has a conservatory attached to it. Um, so I was in the college, but I was always kind of sneaking over and taking classes at the conservatory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly wasn't good enough to be in the conservatory. It was like a lot of, you know, it's, I think Oberlin conservatory is similar to Juilliard in that okay. way of like, it's, it's pe- young people who have been like taking private lessons since they were sperms, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and, I, and classical slant or uh, at Oberlin. Yeah. Um, yes, it's most well known for that, but, but they, uh, that is where I started, um, taking like music concrete, electronic music, there they had go. a, there a program there. So that, that was kind of influenced a lot of my, I think while I was at Oberlin, you know, I learned so much about kind of a lot of artists mm-hmm. that I think were pretty formative for me of like artists that were in New York city in the 1980s mm-hmm. I mean, like installation art or performance art or you know this more kind of like experimental which has its roots in improvisation of jazz but is a little slightly different mm-hmm. cre- creative music right say. right 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 um that's you know that's the thing that struck me about new orleans like i mean it's that's kind of where I come from, and 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 the weird weirdo music scene over there was like really struck me as happening. You know, it's like it, it, I, w- I was so impressed by that. I mean, of course, we when you think of New Orleans, you think of the other stuff, right? The right, like what it's known for. But I wasn't really expecting to, and I mean, it, it was really all hovering around Music Box Village mm-hmm. for me. But the the weirdo scene there is strong. Like it's, yeah, it's, for sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I was most drawn to and still remain. I think it's, it's fascinating. You know, there's a lot of, yeah, it's just, there's so many different styles of music going on at the same time. But, um, yeah, the music concrete, I had no idea that's, uh, y- you were, that's kind of what helped make you, you know, like yeah. as a, as a, that's great I think to hear. Yeah. Like shaped a lot of just my um, conception of composition, even you mm-hmm. know, just these kind of like sound as themes and characters um, versus like pitches and harmonies. Uh, you know, as like ge- thinking of things more as like gestures 
mm-hmm. characters, themes, rather than like harmonic progression and notes. Um, you know, and then there's also such a beautiful thing with music concrete of the kind of collage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it, yeah, it certainly I think shaped a lot of. Do you some things from? I mean, there's a there's a little bit of that on the monocle, but is there is there other work of yours that um, even goes further with that side of things? Um, I think. Well, I mean, I've done straight music concrete pieces, you know, like, oh, for, yeah. like instrument and tape. Um, it's been quite a while, but um, Fun. I do have some of that music, and then I would say like the. Yeah, certainly the monocle or some stuff I've done for theater, sound design, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, gets into that kind of territory. I think it's been helpful even just with like thinking about it transferring to collective improvisation um, in New Orleans, like the ensemble improvisation and collective improvisation. I think I still have that kind of mindset of like yeah, collage work when I'm, band leading in that kind of situation of like steering the ship a little bit um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. collectively. I think it's helped me again, just think more in textures and um, spaces. There was a, there was a night I caught you performing with uh, that was uh, uh, Paul Thibodeau was playing (laughs) in that band as well. He seems to play with you a lot. I hope, (laughs) I hope you still are. Yeah. Um, it was uh you were doing everything from the music of Anthony Braxton on. It was it was really cool. Um okay. Yeah, it was a bigger band. I can't remember the venue, but it was are you still doing that project where I don't I don't know what other music you were you were it, it's it was a broad mix, but um I think was of it? Anthony Braxton's music and just go like, Yeah, that's kinda of choose your own adventure in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, and, it can be. Yeah. Um, um Although he has very, you know, Braxton has some very specific instructions mm-hmm. or specific instructions, but can be interpreted in <laughs> a large array of, of ways. But yeah, um, I'm not sure what project that is. What, it was, was it at the music box? No, this was in like a hotel or something from what oh. I recall. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, yeah I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's escaping me too, but um, okay. fantastic. So, so what are, I, I mean, I saw that you just played at um, the Big Ears Festival. Mm-hmm. How did that go? Um, that festival is awesome. It's an yeah. incredible festival. I hear great things. Yeah. 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 It's just, I, I, yeah, I think you would love it. It's um, cool. an incredible lineup of people. Like the only sad thing about playing there is that you don't get to go see people that are playing at your same time slots. It's It's that good. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I heard that's fun. Incredible so music. What were you? What was? What was the project that you were doing? Um, I was doing three different projects. One was an outreach project with. Um, so I was there for a full week before the festival. Oh wow! Um, and that was a project called City Songs, City Scores. It's um, well, with my co-collaborator Jebney Lewis, who is a really great uh, social practice artist. Mm-hmm. installation artist person and um from here mm-hmm. in new orleans and that we were trying to basically kind of create like a sonic map of of knoxville according to people that young young people who live in knoxville like so we had asked these young writers to write about a place that was important to them wow. interested in them in knoxville um and then their voices were recorded and their voices, those recordings were then given to these young beat makers mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. made beats and collages um, with the voices. And wow. then the week ahead of time, well, the week ahead of time and a little bit into the beginning of the festival, Jeb and I were there um, connecting with local musicians and also some of the festival artists. And we would go to the physical place that they original writer had written about and film a live musician um, playing along with this uh, kind of collage and beat that had been made. And so we're making this, um, you know, it's going to be an online map, but we're making basically a 
a sonic map of Knoxville, sonic visual map of Knoxville, according to mm-hmm. young people about like what's important. In their and that's, and that sounds like it's still ongoing. Is that right? Yeah. We have to do all the editing. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, but we, you know, we, t- we proposed to the years that it's certainly a project that could continue mm-hmm. over the years and just kind of expand as a map, which is nice to see something that, you know, yeah. can kind of grow yeah. on its own. Were you, were you happy with how that came out? I mean, it, it, and, and second to that, were you kind of nervous going in, not knowing? It just sounds like it's pretty, sounds very ambitious and with a lot of moving pieces and different personalities and such. Yeah, for sure. I mean, outreach is always tricky, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that the that Jebney and I were really trying to figure out, uh, because I had been approached by Big Ears to, to do some sort of, outreach on behalf of the festival okay first year first year doing that um okay and you know a lot of times outreach can more just feel like in reach no that's not outreach can feel more i think we were just interested in like how do we actually as artists Mm -hmm. connect with people that actually are living here and highlight what they're doing and actually make genuine connections rather than just a fly going, in, a yeah. fly in and yeah. like perform. Yeah. And, you know, so it, yeah. t- it just took some pre-planning. Like we met with students two months ahead of time. Okay. That's um, great. We had yeah. really wonderful local teachers there who were like excited about the project. So mm-hmm. we, we got really lucky. Cool. Um, also cool. Knoxville has like a super thriving local music community which i didn't know you know right like on. improvisatory and oh wow and wow. jazz and so that was that was really cool to discover right right um yeah nice nice um that sounds really really rich in terms of uh do you do a lot of that like that kind of it, it's all about building trust i think in the end but do you have you in your, I guess your collaborations with Jagmi, have you done a lot of? Is that kind of how you work together? Is it or um, like do I do a lot of like outreach? Is yeah, that yeah, community based sounds like really like that's that's more than that's a more of a a longer term uh, project in a way, and it sounds like it's around building community equally as it is. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, you know, um, I don't. Do I mean I've I've done a fair amount of teaching, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not for a while. Um, I don't I don't do like a lot of outreach. I do work for uh, this organization in New York called Found Sound Nation. Oh yeah, um, that um, I was involved in a residency program mm-hmm. called One Beat that brought together twenty five musicians from fifteen different countries. Oh wow, wow. and that was in. 2013 i was like one of the participating artists and then from then yeah since being a participating artist i've you know kind of flipped over to being uh one of the kind of core staff members for their facilitating other residencies so i've done a fair amount of like facilitation for that program for offshoots of that program um also which are you know kind of facilitating yeah. Other musicians um, are facilitating, I don't know, art happenings. So I've done a sum neat. of that. Neat, neat. Yeah. Do you, do you get into any music concrete stuff with that project? Yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly in the way of thinking or proposing ideas, I've mm-hmm. definitely used not, you know, not so much um, like the actual physical, like I'm, cutting this tape up or I'm, I'm using this <laughs> yeah. computer, but yeah. in the ways of, of talking about music. Yeah. When you're, when yeah. you're um, engaging with musicians who are coming from like completely different um, cultural backgrounds, different sonic backgrounds, different right. aesthetics, you know, I have found it's been really useful Yeah, yeah. to be able yeah. to talk in terms of like gesture and texture Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than you know um, style and particular pitches because people have so many different ways around the world of approaching music you know so yeah, you could yeah, be working yeah, with like yeah. 
of traditional singer from Cambodia and mm-hmm. wow. you know a beat maker from Lebanon and their they just their approach their language around music yeah. and their and their actual language that they're speaking <laughs> is totally different you know but but like we can all understand like okay we're going to go from like dense like this intense black scratches on a on a piece mm-hmm. of paper to like mm-hmm. dots little <laughs> pointillistic dots like yeah. let's hear what that sounds like you know right. and that kind of breaks can at times break things free of like genre cliche yeah yeah know. yeah so i found it helpful in that sense wow wow we we're traveling all over the place here with aurora neeland.com um <laughs> can, can can you um what were the other two projects that you did at big ears um i did the the royal roses um performed at the festival a couple okay. of times. So it's the band, six-piece mm-hmm. band um, mm-hmm. that I lead from New Orleans. And then the other was a new project of that John Hollenbeck, the um, really fabulous mm-hmm. drummer and composer, mm-hmm. curated. Um, that's a quartet, and he composed the music. And so oh, wow. that project is called George. It's with myself and Anna Weber and Chiquita Magic. Um, and John Hollenbeck. Neat. So that was our first gig ever. And and success. Uh, success. Yeah, success. <laughs> um, yeah, we had gotten together um, in Montreal in January to like learn John's music and record it, and then um, right. Our first public show was at Big Ears, and then we took a short uh, five day tour after Big Ears. Cool. So. Cool. Cool. And yeah, you fried, and subsequently you fried your computer. I did on my first day on tour. Good, good. That that yeah. always feels good, eh? It feels great. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. professional, very <laughs> professional. So that's what that's what you were doing in Montreal, and yeah, I mean, it yeah. seems like a while ago, doesn't it? Um, it does. Where are you? You're I'm in, in Toronto. I'm in Toronto, Toronto. area. Okay. Yeah, GTA. Okay. Um. Yeah, um, we we won't get into looking back on what COVID was back then, but it couldn't, oh, have, been, couldn't have been fun, I assume. Um, For, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, not particularly. So, so you're, yeah, I'm interested in where you want to go now as an artist. You're you're doing a lot of, you know, it sounds like I, I don't know. I'm the pandemic definitely uh, had its effect on all of us. Where do you see yourself I, going? Um, just to a small cave somewhere. No, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> with good acoustics. Yeah, yeah small cave. Exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> own personal screen room. Um, I, you know, good answer. Was, good answer. <laughs> I, I was super psyched on 2020, on the things that were happening in 2020. Yeah. Um, in that, I, I, I remember saying to couple friends i was like it's mm. finally happening like the turn is happening where mm. i i'm starting to get bookings for my original music you know the monocle had like a mm-hmm. a little booking at kennedy center and oh, wow. um, and and we were supposed to do a remount of this show at the contemporary arts center did that happen at the kennedy center no no it, the kennedy center the show was march 14th and we oh, yeah, got yeah, yeah. canceled yeah, sure. you know they they told us basically the morning of of like, don't get on the flights. We think we're going to cancel everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So there was that. And then um, this big remount of the, the show at the contemporary arts center, which is really like, that's the kind of work I would love to be able to do more of. So I was pretty gutted and bummed like that. Mm. That funding has not come back that the contemporary arts center is kind of in dire shape in here in Mm -hmm. New Orleans. So they keep saying like, well, of course we're going to bring the show back, but it's, right. you know, at this point it's been two and a half years and yeah, yeah, no sign yeah. of it. So, hmm. um, so hmm. That's but tough. I would, you know, I would, I really appreciate the lessons I've had as like a gigging working musician, Yeah, like something really beautiful and amazing about being a piece of New Orleans and playing music hmm. every day and, you know, that New Orleans music is really built into the social fabric of how the city works socially. Yeah. Um, so I really 
I'm grateful for the lessons that are there. I feel myself like moving away more towards wanting to do just less, do less and more intentional music. Is, it, is, and, and is, that a, is that a lesson coming out of the pandemic? Like I assume like all humans, you were doing less yet for a period there. Oh, I, I mean, for me, it was, it was already there. It was already there. It it just like the opportunities were actually there to be like, and I'm moving towards doing more of my original music and that stuff hasn't, hasn't really come back those opportunities. So I kind of jumped back into like, Oh, just juggle all these projects. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say like a lesson from being at big ears and seeing a couple things that I got to see, which were like the things that really stood out were Meredith Monk did a, Bang on a Can did a retrospective of of Meredith Monk's pieces that they had arranged wow. for yep. four singers, including Meredith and themselves. Um, I saw Damon Locke's Black Monument Ensemble, which is incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, ben Lamar Gay, who's like a great friend and artist from Chicago, mm. who has two really beautiful albums. I mean, many beautiful albums, but the last two were really striking um mm. at which he kind of recorded you know on on his own as a producer but now is placing it on a live band i saw that and that ah. was awesome to just see your friend's stuff like come alive off the page mm-hmm. um a, a couple other things but like, the really like just the clarity of the work like okay struck me so much that you know my brain my little inner devil brain is just like you know why this is clear, Aurora? Because mm-hmm. this is what those people are doing. They're focusing, like Meredith Monk is yeah. focusing on Meredith Monk's music, you know? Right, right, or right. Or like good. did, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I I don't know. I think for, I don't, I have to figure out that balance of like not yeah. so much juggling on the hamster wheel, yeah. but, you know, yeah. stew, stewing in your own stuff until you can like get get it clear that's well put i mean it's a fine balance right because yeah you're in a, an incredible city to be doing and you're you're so uh it seems engaged like i mean back to that i know there's not a typical week but i mean how many gigs you play a week just on average uh, yeah it's a it's a lot <laughs> i mean it, it will be between you know again it's the pandemic everything's funny but yeah pre-pandemic like it would be at least at least four, although that would be rare. Though like four regular, what would be probably okay. more normal is like you know, s- six gigs and then like a show. Okay. Okay. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and you're or right. Like that that's so beautiful, yet it does pull you away from that focus, right? Yeah. So that that clarity, I think it yeah. does. Yeah, I think isn't so. that weird? Don't you find that a weird concept? Like, I think we want to play music as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Yet it blurs the the other thing. I, yeah. I guess that's kind. I mean, of, I think that kind of ties into your like believers, yeah. believers, and oh. searchers. Yeah, thing. searchers. Bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ah, you're a searcher. Fuck off. I resented it. I, I resented it at the time. I resented it at the time. I was just like, am I not just being me? Yeah. But he I he was that. totally right. He's like, he was kind of saying like, you got your, I don't know, at the time, I can't remember who he uses an example of like, you know, some artists reinvent themselves, others Maybe. I mean, it's certainly not comforting. I would say I would also just be like, "Fuck off! I'm I'm not searching. I find things." Yeah, like, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, exactly. Fine, you know, you know, like. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. I I remember taking it the wrong way, but but he's kind of yeah. he kind of was right. Um, yeah, I'll give it to him. Um, Do you know this? Um, I don't know why it just popped in my head. Mm. This Bukowski quote, which is contentious because I'm not. It, it, there's there's like fable that it was in a letter that Bukowski wrote, but like mm-hmm. it's who knows now what is actually real. But it's um uh the quote is find what you love and let it kill you. Oh yeah, what a that's there and you I, go. I like think about that kind of often. I'm like, yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Okay. 
Damn, for the win. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And 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 probably truer than we know, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um well, I I re- truly admire your work. I think it's um do you want to play something maybe from um can you talk a little bit about uh is it Danger Danger? Oh, that's a band. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um is that you that's are you leading that band as well like or is the royal roses like your your main other thing now oh okay the uh Roy danger and the danger dangers is um <laughs> a group of humans yes. who look very similar to myself and some of my friends oh boy um but you know I've never seen that band which I've just heard it exists and oh okay I'm told so you... that I'm in it. And okay, so, so you like to have fun. Yes, okay. I lead it, but, you know, it's a whole other dimension going got on. Got it, got it, got it, got but it. But I'm happy for it to be played because I'm a huge fan of that band. Whew. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll play something from, uh, do you want to go out with something from, from R- R- what is it, Rory Danger? Rory Danger, the Danger Dangers. Great That's, name. Yeah. yeah. It's up to you. All right. Well, yeah, we'll leave it a mystery on that on that front. We'll leave it as mysterious as you just made the answer mysterious. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, well that that's great. I, my last question for you before we let you I have by the way, second last question. Have you finished folding your clothes? No, I got distracted. Who can fold? I did do my socks. Yeah, you can't be quoting Bukowski and folding your clothes. That I, I wouldn't have the dexterity. Someone could do it. Someone could do it. Um, Aspirations. Aspirations. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I, I just, uh, you've dropped a lot of wisdom here in our time. Um, I wonder any, any advice for a, uh, an aspiring young weirdo who's getting into music and, uh, and thinking about doing it, uh, what would you kind of, recommend they uh Um, i know it's so individual all of our paths but the one thing you've learned or maybe how you yeah i I don't know yeah Yeah, i mean i think you just said it i think it's like Hmm. it's (laughs) an individual path like like the one thing that i could say is like you really can't be anyone other than yourself Right, right. As an artist. Right. But right. like there's certainly lessons and value in emulating, like just like learning how to speak a language, like mm-hmm. we practice and we emulate and then you make your own sentences, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, that sounds really hallmarky, but I think that my favorite artists are like people that sound like themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what's like interesting to me. But then, interestingly enough, it's like, yeah, you you like move, fi- find your own individualness because no one else has your instrument of your brain and your whatever yeah. you're using. Um, but then, then find a community to bounce things off of. I think you know, there's plenty of people that make great music in their homes by themselves, but like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of so much more fun when you can like go with someone yeah. else and like yeah. roll around in the mud and yeah i don't know have a performance art piece with a pool of jello or something you know you know what i think we have a mutual friend in um episode two on this podcast we got him early dave clark oh that's right yeah and dave I mean, I says yeah he says a thing about you he said man rich aurora if she was in toronto she'd be in our one of our friends just making music together, you know, and I, I liked that. I liked the way he put that because it kind of Thanks. gave it that context of like, oh yeah, you know, I, I see, I see the way you <laughs> do what you do out there, and it's, uh, it's, it's really admirable and it resonates. Thanks. Um, that yeah. Yeah. What? I, I mean, I'm on. I would be. I'm honored by that statement. That's that's really nice. What do you um? What do you love most? Like, what do you about this whole thing? Your career in music. Uh, what do you want to really make sure that you preserve? You know that you don't let the. There are dark, shitty sides of what oh, we do. Sure. Um, what do you 
fight to kind of preserve in, in what you love most about it? Um, you know, I mean, I love that it gives a different sense of time, space, reflection. Mm. Like, mm. that's the thing. You know, there's so many different ways for music to be consumed and experienced and mm. played. And that's, I think, why different projects are of interest to me because it's not a catch-all, you know? It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I constantly am just thinking about, like, how how can I serve this music? Like, whatever this music is trying to say, how can I serve mm. that? And mm. whether that's, like, screaming into a tin can or whether mm. that's... <laughs> doing nothing or singing quietly you know so i think i mean when i picture myself if we're talking about preserving then i just think about like beats being around like yeah beats obviously but um i think about like when i'm 80 like yeah 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 i'd be super stoked if i could just be around a campfire like singing some songs oh people like that's like yeah. I don't have that much interest in like, you know, the trappings of, I mean, I don't have opportunities to have the interest of the trappings of fame or whatever, but mm -hmm. just that, like that piece of experiencing like what music does, which is it lets you like feel and think and have a relationship with time and mm. feelings in a slightly different way. Like mm -hmm. be nice if, I could preserve that. I love that. <laughs> and and the simplicity, the rawness of, you know, that campfire. Yeah. Is, is like, that's kind of like almost like the start of all of this. Right. Is, is it, yeah. I think that's, you know, which, which yeah, I've, I've heard Elena Capillaris, another person I spoke with, uh, uh -huh. artist uh, on the podcast she was kind of saying that like preserving those, the, the, uh, you know, those early days when you fell in love with music, when it yeah. was just like, you know what I mean? I was kind of, I remember getting into a little discussion with her about that, just saying like, y you can't go back there. Right. You, it's, it's interesting, right? Like we, right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can't remember the way that ended <laughs> that conversation with her, but it was it was a uh, it's an interesting thing. I love the simplicity of going of that's what you want to preserve that that campfire yeah, vibe, right? That, it that, really that, is. That's that awesome. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Well, keep at it, keep at it. Um, thank you so much for for making time. I know this was weird to do it at uh, <laughs> such a weird hour, but. You know, that's when the good conversations happen, though, right? <laughs> we know that, too. So No, it's good because, you know, in the middle of the day, sometimes you're, like, distracted by, like, oh, yeah, I got to pick yeah. up my right. cantaloupe juice and then I got to go here. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was e easier for me, frankly. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we persisted and made this happen, and, and I'm so thankful. So um, take care, and, and I hope to see yeah. you soon in, in, in real life. That would be nice. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thanks for making great podcasts. <laughs> Be well. Be well. You ciao, too. ciao. Well, there it was, episode number 149 of Industry Tactics. Thanks again, Aurora. And you know what? I lied. We're going to go out with another brilliant piece from the monocle. This is The Chair. We'll see you again next time on Industry Tactics. Thanks, everybody. Between you and I, there sits a chair.
flash, magnified by time. Running, running, running for answers. Between your hands holding the night you first cried, running for answers. Dressed to the nines in your straight jacket and wings, running for answers. Falling towards our own reflection and yet still running, running, running for answers. A kind to your kind. After you leave, I remember you as the flash who set the world on fire. Magnified by time until all that remains is the sun. Magnified by time.